Abba Yahweh. You have blessed me, graced me with yet another day of breath, Father God. Your forgiveness for all things, Father God, is so beautiful. Thank you for the opportunity to share and be a conduit of the words drawn from your treasury, Father God. Did you trust me to go into this vault of your gems and precious, precious commodities that are in there to to pull off and out and and to present them to my brothers and sisters. Father God, did you just let me go in there? Thank you, Father God, to be in your knowledge, in your wisdom, in your truth, Father God, because it's all about your glory and the glory of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, your only begotten Son that came for me. Sacrifice for me, Father God, and whosoever will. Abba Yahweh, Amen. Yeshua, Amen. Baraklitos, Amen. Yes, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are definitely praiseworthy in all things. And I have an opportunity to share about confirmation yet again. I love the fact that the Lord is so precise about what he does. When I have fallen down and and uh, questions come up and things are whirling around, he gives me in my daily re- my daily reading. There's a perfect, applicable scripture and statements by one of my study providers. It's just and it's all right there, and then the scripture to confirm that word and then to have one of my teachers to be preaching out of the Bible and and this lesson that's lined out is exactly in line with what I have been studying or what I've been doing and in doing so yesterday um I shared with you that we have to be willing to go and follow the Lord wherever he goes. And I was sharing with you that uh, there are many in the church today that uh, are going in the wrong direction. They're following the false teachers and doctrines and following their mindset and saying down when oh to escape from the world you just you just shut down your mind you just get out and shut down and and everything's going to be fine you just go out there and you get away and you and you sit quietly and you just shut down well as i shared with you there's a problem with that that problem is that in doing that, you are inviting trouble. You don't ever just shut down your mind and stop and, and let things go. I shared the old adage and used to hear this when uh, an idle mind is the devil's playground. That's an old saying, a long time ago. I was. I can't even remember how old I was when I first heard it, but it's a long time. And idle hands are the devil's tools. So those things go together. When you leave your mind sit idle and you don't have anything engaged, this is, this is an important thing. This goes back to what I was sharing before. If you have your car sitting in idle, where is it going? Nowhere except wasting fuel. If you sit with an idle mind and you're not focusing on God, you're not focusing on the word, you're not studying, you're not meditating on God, you're sitting idle and you're wasting time. Time is a precious commodity. But here's the thing. It's important to have downtime to replenish, but not to waste it. 
And I share that because if you just sit your car, I mean, it's sometimes I'll see people sit out here and their cars are idling for 20, 30 minutes, just idling. They got an air conditioner on and, uh, you know, granted, it's a warm day, but there are other ways to do this. But they have some of these cars and automobiles. I see fellow employees that do this. They have a a pre-start and they start the car up and they just let it sit and idle for half an hour or more until they decide to get out there. Um, And the same thing on a cold day. Turn it on and let it idle and turn the heater and have the heater set on. Um, But brothers and sisters, you can't just let be idle and lead the mind. The Bible tells us that we need to meditate on his word. Meditate on the Lord God. Focus on Lord God. And we need to do these things. We need to study and show ourselves approved of his validation. His validation is the only one that counts, brothers and sisters. It's not anything that anyone sees. Here's the other thing, too. Through the eyes of mammon, they will always see how we were or what we were. You have to remember this, that as a true believer and as a true Christian and following the Lord and his word and his teaching and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, we were one way and now we're different. The Bible calls us to be called as his peculiar people. I've shared this before. Why would it say that? Well, here's why. Because we don't fall into anything or any way that anybody else is doing. The alphabet society and all these other societies that are all wrangling and they're fighting and fussing with one another and... We don't fit in there because that's what we're not supposed to do. We're supposed to pray for them. We're supposed to love them. And we are supposed to show kindness, compassion, and grace. Hard to do. Oh, very hard to do. Especially if you have a warrior's mentality. We are warriors of a different kind, brothers and sisters. And this is why God made us armor. You just got to put it on. If you don't put it on, you're not going to be ready. And then those that come in with their false doctrines and teachings are going to lead you down the primrose path. That's another old adage. They'll lead you down the primrose path and hand you rose-tinted glasses and everything is beautiful in its own way. That's an old Beatles song. I think that's Beatles. Um, But brothers and sisters, the reality and the truth is that we have to focus. We walk in faith and not by sight. So those rose-tinted glasses are only to hide and mask. They're not reality. And those that teach that in the body of Christ, in a church from behind the, the dice on the pulpit are liars and deceivers. And if they don't preach the truth, and they try to water it down and only preach certain parts of the Bible that are all about all the pretty flowers and all these things and all the lovely stories, they are teaching falsely. Brothers and sisters, the Bible is to prepare us. And in that preparation, we are to share the truth, God's truth and his knowledge and wisdom. And to be led astray in the way that they are doing, as like Jesus declared, it's like leading to the sheep to slaughter. And he prays for us. He prays over. He is our high priest in heaven. Jesus Christ prays intercessory prayer over us every single day. He is praying for us, brothers and sisters. Oh my gosh, the very being that came and was crucified for us is now praying over us. The only thing that God asks is that we believe he is his only begotten son, have faith in God, pray and love one another. That's not much to ask, brothers and sisters, and to share his gospel. The good news that God is alive. He is with us always. And that Jesus Christ came and sacrificed himself for me. 
and whosoever will listen and believe. And brothers and sisters, God does not mind that I change and make it personal for me because it is personal for me. You can do the same thing. Make it personal for you. Jesus Christ came and died for me. He came and sacrificed himself for me. And whosoever will listen and believe. The truth and the word of God is for me to share to whoever will listen. And the invitation that God puts out there for each and every single one of you, us, to be together, to pray for one another, to uplift one another, and to share the gospel, his truth, his word, his knowledge, his wisdom, and his love, and his light. Because this world is, honestly, it's bleak and dark. Everybody looks around with these rose-tinted glasses on, they fail to see the reality of what's going on. And they're being deceived. Oh, brothers and sisters, the deception that is being portrayed And as I've shared, the agenda is much deeper and darker than anyone can imagine. It's not just the politicking that's going on, which is is terrible. And as a veteran, a patriot, and a citizen, I never, ever thought that I would see my country turn to what it has turned. It saddens me greatly. Breaks my heart, actually. But I pray for this nation. I pray for repentance. But here's the important thing, brothers and sisters. We have to remember this. Because of the dilution and pollution in the church and those that claim to be Christian and are not, they use the word and they will have to answer either repent or they will have to answer. That's it. And I pray for them. I do. My going out, my coming in, just like I do for every single one of my brothers and sisters that are in the body of Christ. I pray for the repentance. The repentance for this nation and the healing for this nation needs to begin, number one, with me, but within the church. Churches have gone astray. They're doing their own thing. They're stepping down in cowardice and stepping aside in compromise and apologizing for telling the truth. They're watering down the scriptures. That's egregious actions. And those Christians have themselves become watered down, diluted and polluted. And what good is the salt of the earth? Jesus Christ said that himself. You are the salt of the earth. And what good is the salt if it's been diluted and lost its savor? It's good for nothing except to be tossed out into the dung heap and trod underfoot. Brothers and sisters, we have to seek his word at all times. Hebrews chapter 3, 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling... Consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, our high priest, Lord Jesus Christ, prays for us every single day. We have to be willing to follow him. And it, it's, it's so interesting. I, I find it that way. That... Last night I was listening to a musical program. I was uh, not even sure where it was, but I recognized that, and it was just filled with people. They love to, they have the, the summer concerts, beautiful. But one of the songs was, I will follow him. Wherever he goes, brothers and sisters, we have to be willing to do that. Are we going to be willing to follow Jesus Christ? When he called his disciples, he just simply looked at them and he said, follow me. And they gave up everything that they were in, everything that they were doing, and they followed him. Now, my personal perception, (laughs) everyone has a certain amount or a distinction that they give up when they come to follow the Lord. 
And some people have a very difficult time in doing that. But let me share this with you. Matthew. Let's look at Matthew. He had a difficult time being with the other disciples because there were times where Jesus would leave and be gone for a couple days at a time. He was either on prayer or he was having to meet with somebody other than the disciples. How, what do you think that Matthew may have gone through? Because the, the Bible doesn't share that with us. What do you think Matthew would have been gone going through? And Mary, Mary Magdalene, she followed the group. She helped prepare the food and the meals. And Rema, women were kind of not as they should have been treated, I don't think. But I mean, here's the thing. Mary was never, the scripture never called her a prostitute, but she had lived in the red quarter of Capernaum. Lived there. I mean, there was there was a time in history in this country where a lot of people would live there in that kind of area, what they used to call the red light district. They weren't prostitutes, but it was really cheap housing. Then, of course, now things have changed greatly and it's done a whole different way. But in the old days, do you not think there was talking behind their back? Matthew went through issues because he was a tax collector. He was paid by Rome. He was actually quite wealthy in, um, in their standards. He was paid handsomely, owned a house, owned a house. And many of the disciples were still working on that because they were in a very, what many would consider a lowly working class. Fishermen or craftsmen. And no, I'm not talking about Jesus. Yes, Jesus was a craftsman. But think about it, that there were some difficult times. But yet, Jesus just looked at Matthew and said, follow me. And he said, I will. And he walked away from everything he had. He walked away from his job that he had with Rome. He walked away from his money. And he he left it. He just walked away from it. And he went to follow Jesus Christ. Confused, not understanding what was going on. All of the disciples were confused, not understanding what was going on. And I'm sure as it as the Bible shows us, they were always asking questions to Jesus. Well, what about this? What about that? Why not this? Why not that? Uh, how about this? And then as he told, and he would take and he would talk to the Sanhedrin, he'd teach in the churches, but then he would set aside privately with his disciples. And there are many instances where it refers to that, where he sat down with them separately. And he explained to them. He wanted to make sure that they understood and many things that they did when he spoke the parables to the Sanhedrin and they were sitting on the sideline and just listening to what Jesus Christ was talking about, they understood it, but the Sanhedrin didn't understand. They couldn't understand. They didn't have the spiritual ear. And Jesus prayed for his disciples all the time for their spiritual hearing and understanding. And we're talking about this faith thing. Brothers and sisters, are you able to say, I will and I do? I signed a blank contract. The contracts that God puts down on the table are are all blank. There's no compromising. There's no deal making. The paper he puts down is blank because his plan is his plan. You have to have faith that wherever he leads and you follow, that he will not leave you alone. He has promised that in his word. He has promised never to leave us. All the way back to the book of Deuteronomy, it talks about to be of good courage, that he is with us wherever we go, always. It's all through the Bible, the promises. Brothers and sisters, I have seen, I have witnessed, I know these things to be true. 
There is no way, shape, or form, and I pray this to hold in my heart and in my mind to be able to, if somebody comes up and they try to wrench this away from me and, and take this from me, they're not going to take it easily. I'm not going to be confrontational. I'm not going to fisticuff with anybody. That's an old terminology that some of you millennials may not know. Fisticuffs, bite, punch, wrestle, kick, bite, all that stuff. It's not going to happen. But what I will do is I will be like Daniel, Hananiah, Michelle, and Zariah, and I will not renounce my Lord God. I will not renounce my Lord Jesus Christ. Unto death, brothers and sisters, I am willing to do that very thing. Are you? The word says to follow him. The song says follow him wherever he goes. Will you be willing to follow him? And sometimes we have to be aware that this is either going to be up a high mountain because sometimes he will take us there. We need to be able to go with him wholeheartedly. And we don't know what goes ahead, but we have to have faith in God. The detour, whatever turn, whatever bend, is the road that we're supposed to be on. We don't need to know the direction we're going. It's just like all these things when the disciples kept trying to prompt Jesus and push Jesus and question, well, you know, what about this? What about that? When are we going to? 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 Will it be soon? Will it be soon? Will it be soon? Hmm. See, Jesus Christ, being the only begotten Son of Lord God Almighty, and knowing that God dealt with things in his time, universal time, because he created all the universe. And he didn't deal on temporal time. And soon is actually a relative term. How soon is soon? A few seconds, a few minutes, a few hours, a few days, a few weeks, a few months, a few years, a few hundred years few thousand years remember that for God a thousand years is as a day and a day is as a thousand years so it's relative brothers and sisters when is soon we just have to have faith and trust in God and also have to know that God has already walked before us. He's already been through the day ahead. This is why my day starts out with Abba Yahweh, Father, maker of all things made. Thank you for blessing and gracing me with this this new day. Walk with me. Talk with me. Guide me. Help me to be a good reflection of light of Jesus Christ, your only begotten Son. And I pray that for each and every single one of you, brothers and sisters, every day. Every day I get up. And every night that I go to bed, I pray for your strength. I pray for your peace in your heart and your mind. And when I say rest in peace, it's got nothing to do with the grave. This is why I just, I was absolutely flabbergasted when I heard, I guess he was trying to be funny, but he was on a, uh, he was on a worship channel on the radio. And I, I even get to the point where I, I'm, hesitant to use the word Christian because it's become so diluted and polluted. But at any rate, I'm, he's, a, he's a vocal commentator, not really a DJ, but just one of those guys that gets on there uh, used for local color, I guess. And he was disturbed because his young child had come in and said, rest in peace, daddy. And he immediately went to the darkness. But I've shared scriptures with you, brothers and sisters. I've shared from the book of Psalms that David is able to lay down his head on his pillow 
and rest in peace because he knows that the Lord God holds him in his hands and keeps him safe. That's all that's about, brothers and sisters. It's got nothing to do with going to the grave in the temporal plane of existence anyway. And what the heck, why should there be any trouble in doing that? It's an entry and an exit, okay? It's an exit from this plane of existence and an entry into our spiritual plane of existence. And the Lord God said that he will be with us whithersoever we go. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. What evil is going to befall you in walking through that veil and that shadow of death? And remember, brothers and sisters, a valley is a geological formation that is open on both ends. You can walk in one end and walk through the valley and exit on the other end, which is exactly what the valley of the shadow of death is. And it's merely a shadow because it has no sting anymore. You remember, Jesus Christ came down, and when he was crucified, he went to the pits of hell, and he rested the keys and he has the keys, the power and authority. There used to be a reason to be afraid of death. No longer and no more. Jesus Christ took those keys and he's in charge. The only begotten son of Lord God Almighty, the maker of all things made, brothers and sisters. And again, I share with you out of Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Brothers and sisters, I see the day approaching. I see the Bible prophecies coming to light more and more and more and more. Does that mean that Jesus is coming next week, next month, next year. Nope, doesn't mean that at all. It just means that they're becoming more and more prevalent. That the truths and the prophecies that are in the book are showing that it's coming and coming soon. There's that relative word again, how soon? Who knows? Only the Father knows when the return of the Son of Man will take place and the Lord king, lion of the tribe of Judah, with the hosts of heaven coming to take us home. Brothers and sisters, that is not doom and gloom for me. That is glorification and majesty, might and light. Oh my gosh, bright light. So, for you deluded Christians, not deluded, but deluded Christians that decide that they want to call this a doom and gloom time and all these negative and bad things. Yeah, there's negativity going on. But brothers and sisters, we have the light of the gospel, the light of Jesus Christ, the truth of the word of God. That's what we need to stay in. And brothers and sisters, I love these. I have these markers here and the Lord just turns me to these places where I've been. <clears throat> S is in uh, Hebrews thirteen fifteen. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. Praise God in all things. All things are a blessing, brothers and sisters. It is difficult to do sometimes, and God knows that some circumstances are difficult, but praise him anyway. In those things that take place, when I repented the other night and, and because I didn't react the way I should have, I wasn't harsh or, or uh, confrontational, but I didn't react properly, appropriately, for my station. 
and I repented of that. God forgave me, but I thanked him for the fact of giving me the opportunity to learn through a difficult situation. It wasn't a comfortable place to be, but I thank my Lord God anyway for the opportunity to have walked through that, exited through that, because he was with me. The Holy Spirit was guiding me. I failed to to call out and grab on. I did do that, but still brought me through and taught me. Everything that we go through, brothers and sisters, there is a purpose and a reason, and it is far beyond our understanding and comprehension, and we have no business trying to do so. And who are we to question God for why is he doing this? Why are you doing that? It's none of your business, actually. I'm content with the fact that I signed that blank contract, and all of you will do the same thing. And then, of course, there are those that say, not me, I'm not going to sign a blank contract. What kind of craziness is that? I wouldn't, no way. Well, that's because you're thinking on a temporal plane. Yeah, truthfully, temporally and carnally, who in their right mind would sign a blank contract with a car dealership or buying a house, and then those people can write in whatever conditions they want. But we're talking about a contract with with you and the Lord God Almighty, Abba, Yahweh, Father, maker of all things made. And quite honestly, who do you think you are that you can put conditional phrases and clauses in a contract with God? That's, that's arrogance. And that's not humbleness. And that's not even close to being humble and bold. Come before God humbly, with boldness, but that's arrogance. You do not come to the sovereign Lord God, maker of all things made, with declarations and clauses that you want in a contract. What, by what right and authority do you even claim that? You have none. Jesus Christ stepped off of his throne and came down here to sacrifice himself for me and whoever else will listen. So quite honestly, it was easy for me to sign it. I didn't even hesitate. And like I said, brothers and sisters, he handed me the fountain pen to sign that contract and it was filled with the blood of Jesus Christ. So by what authority do I have to put any clauses or conditions in a contract with God? I have no authority and I have no right to do so. I'm only here because of the grace of God anyway. Pardon me. We all are here because of his grace and his mercies. You have to understand that there's a difference between grace and mercy. Grace is the fact that God presents to us and allows us to have things that we don't deserve. We don't have the rights to. But because he loves us, he graces us with that. The mercies is holding back what we do deserve and not giving that to us. Honestly, brothers and sisters, what right do any of you think that you have to draw breath every single day? God allows it to happen because he is a gracious, compassionate, loving, and merciful God. Honestly, man is so dark and despicable in their innate behavior. Mammon has turned their back. Brothers and sisters, I call you. I implore you to stay in the word of God, stay in the light, and be willing to follow him wherever he goes. Might be in some pretty deep water, some steep mountains. But brothers and sisters, think of this. When you get to the top of that mountain that God is holding on to you and helping you get up, when you get there, what a fantastical view. Oh my gosh. And then when you go down into the valley and in that and it might be kind of dark down there and under the tree cover and all this and you're looking around, you feel very alone and it feels different kind of close and 
sometimes even a little difficult to breathe. But brothers and sisters, God is with us wherever we go. On the mountaintops that he has helped us to attain, and in the valleys, he still sees us there. I mean, uh, what's it, Lauren, Lauren, um, now I forget his name, but he's a contemporary singer, and he talks about that. He, the song is Hills and Valleys. No matter where we're at, brothers and sisters, God sees us, and he knows we're there. He sees us in those deep, dark valleys, and his eye is turned to us. He knows we're there, and he hears us. And on the mountaintops, we didn't get there on our own. We are not, no one is self-made anything here. God helped us get there and he helped us to attain those heights. Darn sure can take you down too. This is Abba Yahweh, the maker of all things made. And we have to trust him. Faith in God. And brothers and sisters, we need to let go of that temporal thought process that we have and only be thinking about and having faith in God. He's always with us. We have to believe and, and just devour that time. Don't empty the minds don't follow the false teachings of these i don't know what you'd even want to call them but they're i tell you what they're no christian they are not a christian that's for darn sure and the bible is full of warnings about them be cautious that you're deceived and no man and there will be many that come to say that they come in my name and what does the lord say he's going to do he's going to spew them out and he did not know them. Oh, didn't we do this in your name? Didn't we do that in your name? No, you did it for your vain glory and you used his name to deceive many, you false teachers and hypocrites. That's what you use it for and he will spew them out and there will be a special judgment for them. Oh, the Bible is very specific about that, brothers and sisters. For, so rather than following what they're telling you, you need to just stay and focus on God. Don't empty your mind or thought process. Study to show thyself approved. Meditate on God and talk with him. And sometimes I miss the mark, but I try, I try to get my hand on that rudder and turn it around when I'm allowing things through the course of the day and work to um, kind of jostle the tiller of the boat and I grab onto it and hold on so it stays straight and I get back into that that I'm in. And sometimes I have to call to the Holy Spirit to, to hold my hand and strengthen me to make sure that I keep it straight in there. And it's not always an easy walk, brothers and sisters, but it is his walk. It is his walk. And that's all he asks us to do is just be willing to do so. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We live by faith and not by sight. Brothers and sisters, <clears throat> pardon me, I am sorry. Paul writes this and he reminds us, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, for the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtain a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So, brothers and sisters, it's by faith we know that the, the hands of man did not create all these things around us. And, you know, faith is very powerful. I, I've shared with you about this before. Enoch, he was a friend of God. God called Enoch his friend. And he walked with Enoch like he used to walk with Adam and Eve in the garden. God used to come down and he used to walk in the cool of the evening with Adam and Eve and talk with them before they fell. Enoch, I believe, was, um, what was Enoch? Seven-time great-grandson of 
of Adam, I believe is what that lineage, I can't remember exactly what position he was in, but he was a friend of God. He would walk with God, talk with God, and God blessed Enoch by translating him. It says right here in Hebrews, by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him for before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Enoch pleased God. He was God's friend. And he walked with God and talked with God. And God knew that the time was coming for Enoch. And God just said, okay, come on, let's go. And kept walking. And Enoch kept on walking. And lo and behold, nobody could find Enoch anymore. Where'd he go? He went with God. He was God's friend. He is God's friend. It's going to be, man, heaven is going to be so powerful and so interesting to be up there and see all these people, not only our loved ones that we're going to see and recognize, but these Moses, Enoch. Wow. We're going to see people that were in the scriptures that we're reading about, Joshua, Caleb, John the Baptist, Simon Peter, James, John. Oh, we're going to spend time in sharing with Lord Jesus Christ, God the Father and the Holy Spirit is going to be, we're all going to be together. Second Corinthians 5 and verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. And this is... Hmm. Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest, the earnest of the Spirit. What does that mean? That means the strength of the Spirit that we want to strive to do that thing. Do not empty the mind as these false teachers try to get you to do. Brothers and sisters, this is deception of the devil. The devil works in subtleties. And these things that we sometimes think, oh, that's just nothing. It's exactly what the devil wants you to think. It's just nothing. It's just, uh, you know, just a thought I had. Well, let me explain this to you, okay? There are only two directions that thoughts will go. The thought presses to the good and the spirit and the right. Remember, I've shared this. There are two natures that beat within my chest. Well, your mind is the same thing. You have two directions to go. You either go to the, the good or you go to the darkness, and these thoughts that just pop into your head, they're not just random thoughts that you are having all by yourself. And those thoughts that lead to darkness, condemnation, or doubt, discouragement, those are, those are thoughts that are put in there by the seeds of the weeds that are spread and sown by the minions of the devil. And when you leave your mind idle and you're not focusing on the word or you're not meditating on God, you're not focusing on God and you leave your mind idle, then Satan comes in and he tries to do these things. This, Brothers and sisters, I'm telling you this, I, it happens at night with me in the late night in the darkness. And my thought, and, and I'm not sleeping, I'm not going to sleep, which I need to just put everything aside and just pray the Lord my rest and go to sleep because when I don't the the thoughts come racing it's like they are in a real big hurry to get the seeds planted oh man it's just the thought process is it's pretty crazy so with an idle mind definitely the devil will come in and try to take advantage so 
Psalm 36, 9. I'm going to flip back over there. I didn't have it marked, but I'm going to go to that. I'm going to find that scripture, and I'm going to share maybe on uh, one or one or two verses on the other side. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Father. So, brothers and sisters, this is really excellent. God, I love you. Thank you for this. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is a really good passage, and actually, I'm going to start in 37.1. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of an iniquity. Don't be envious of what they have. You look around, you say, oh man, look at all that. They're, they're crooked, they're nasty, and they're still doing so well. Well, that's only temporal. It's only temporal and temporary. It will come back to bite them. You might not see it happen. It will. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord. And do good, so shalt thou dwell to the, in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, and trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. <clears throat> Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in thy wise, in any wise, to do evil. For evil doers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord shall inherit the earth. <clears throat> Pardon me. Here's an interesting thing, too, that Jesus Christ also used in the Sermon on the Mount. Remember what he talks about, about the, the, the meek? David talks about it here in verse 11. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. What did Jesus talk about when he was delivering the Sermon on the Mount? Blessed are the peacekeepers. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Brothers and sisters, we have promises and promises and promises of God. Stay in his word. Stay in his light. <clears throat> Do not follow. <clears throat> Pardon me. Do not follow after the false teachings and doctrines of these vipers and hypocrites that claim to be themselves the... I don't even like to use the word. I really am actually finding it more difficult to even say the word, especially when it comes to being attached to anyone that is teaching falsely and using false doctrine to mislead and misguide brothers and sisters to get them to follow their way and not God's way. Brothers and sisters, they are not Christians. They are false teachers and doctrines and the Bible speaks, Jesus speaks and warns his disciples. He warns those that are listening to him and his followers. He warns them many times, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all through the gospels. Jesus Christ has sections where he reminds people and he warns them, be aware that there will be many that come to deceive. Many will come to deceive. And sadly, brothers and sisters, there are many that are... Uh, churchgoers and followers and claim to be that thing, but they're going to believe these people. Why? Because they have a certificate. They have a document that is signed by Mammon that says, oh, this person is now a doctor so-and-so of theology. Well, yippee My degree is much higher value for me. Why? Because God validates it. I get my degree from HSU. I've already thrown that pun out there, that little 
joke out there, but it is. It's from Heaven Sent University. I don't need some certificate or document uh, from some earthly chancellor or some co-chancellor, whatever they call him, or president of university, whatever they call him now, and their signature on it makes it a fact. My knowledge and wisdom that God has imparted to me comes from the Word and the Holy Spirit. That's my certificate, and that's the only validation I need. I don't need a, a something that I can put in a framework and hang up on the wall and say, oh, look, I'm, I'm a doctor now. I'm, I have a doctorate. I have a doctorate in theology. Oh, yay. I have, my education comes from God. He is my teacher. The Holy Spirit is my guide. Jesus Christ is my educator. And that's what we have to hold on to, brothers and sisters. We have to follow that and not the false teachings, the false doctrines of these that come and say that they're teaching or doing so in the name of Jesus Christ. But if you are truly in the word, if you are truly following what God says, if you are truly paying attention and you're listening with spiritual ears and you have spiritual sight and you're walking by faith, you will know that these are false teachers and you will be able to flee and that's what the Bible says we should do. We should flee from their presence. With all haste, get away from them, get away from that church. And you say, well, oh, you know, I got my friends at that church. And la, da, da, da. Excuse me. If you are not willing to give up for Jesus Christ, then you are not worthy anyway. Jesus Christ said that. That's in the scripture. You have to be willing to give up all things to be able to follow him. All things. And if you're going to hold on to these so-called friends, let me ask you this about those so-called friends. How many of them came to help you move? How many of them came to help you when you had family members that were sick or you had a very serious situation? Or if you were in dire need of monetary funds and you didn't know where else to turn, how many of them responded? There might have been a few, and that's a good thing. But here's the thing, that a true friend will be, able, will be willing to give you the shirt off their back. But if you, in turn, are a true friend, you won't ask for it unless you actually need it. There are very few of those. And what I have come to find out, and I've been around the block a few times, <laughs> though they claim to be Christian, there are very few within the body that will actually do any of those things. They will be so full of excuses of why they cannot, but rarely do they ever say, I can or I will. Think on that, brothers and sisters. Just think on it. Don't be as they are, but be as he is and show that light and that goodness and that compassion. Brothers and sisters, I love you. You have a blessed day. You are always in my prayers, my going out, my coming in. Be blessed.